You're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast and Post Game Show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. We're one day away from kickoff as the Bears are set to take on the 2-1 Tampa Bay Buccaneers this Sunday at noon. This is your host, Will DeWitt, and I want to welcome you to this two-part mini-episode. I'm going to kick off the show by handing out my three keys that are going to lead to the Bears' third win of the season. And once I finish discussing those, I'm going to hand it over to Will Ingles, who's going to walk you through his five matchups of the week, including his game-breaker. On Thursday, Nick Brandon and myself had an in-depth discussion about this game and handed out some predictions, and now it's time to go over my three keys of the game. And this week's first key, pressure Fitzpatrick. Force him to make quick decisions and limit Fitzmagic. It's really no secret. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he has been playing at an elite level throughout the first three weeks. He's the first ever quarterback to throw for three straight 400-yard games. Now, it's not like official at the time of this recording if he's going to start or not, but really, if the Bucks hit him, that's a really poor move in my opinion, so I'm just going to presume that he does get the nod on Sunday. Last week, the Steelers proved that if you can get pressure in the face of Fitzpatrick, he'll revert to his former self, start being careless with the football. He was hurried on one half of his 50 dropbacks last week, and the result was Fitzpatrick throwing three interceptions. He only threw one in the two weeks prior. If the Bears want any chance of slowing down this high-flying attack that loves to rely on the deep ball to make a living, the Bears' front seven must get into Fitz's grill, rattle him, knock him down to the grass, and force him to make some contested throws. The Bears are tied for second in the league with five interceptions, and if they keep that terrific pace of taking down and getting two opposing quarterbacks, there should be ample opportunities for this defense to force turnovers, get that prolific offense off the field, and limit that Fitz magic. Now, you can call this key 1A, but the Bears' offense also will need to capitalize on these turnovers by scoring points, which will not only give Chicago all the momentum, but remember the stat that Nick brought up in the game preview. The Buccaneers are 0-7 when they lose the turnover battle since last season. Okay, well, actually, they're 1-7, but that one win came against the Saints team in Week 17 of last year that already had a playoff spot locked up. So, obviously, historically... The Buccaneers uh, have a very difficult time winning games if they lose the turnover battle. So the Bears defense needs to do their part, rattle Fitzpatrick, put some pressure on him, force him to turn that ball over because if you can get pressure in his face, he gets a little bit careless. So the Bears defense needs to force turnovers in this one. And now on to this week's second key, which is let's have an improved red zone offense. Now this is pretty obvious, right? If the Bears struggle in the red zone against a team that averages over 30 points per game, it's really not going to bode well for Chicago. On the season, the Bears are averaging 3.3 red zone trips per game, which ranks rather well in the league, but they are the sixth worst team in terms of red zone efficiency. The Bears are only scoring touchdowns on 40% of their red zone trips. Now, to compare, the best teams like Kansas City and Pittsburgh, they scored touchdowns on over 87% of their red zone trips. And now I'm not saying the Bears need to be that efficient, but you know, no one's going to complain if they do. But instead, I'm just hoping they can find a way to score more than 50%. 
And even though I expect the Bears defense to hold its own against Tampa, we need to assume that the offense is going to really need to pull their weight in order to come away with the win this week. If the Bears have just four red zone trips and they only score a touchdown on like one, that's not going to cut it. My gut tells me that they need to have a conversion rate around 60%. So if they have three trips, score in two. If they have five red zone trips, let's try to find Pater on three. But if the offense struggles to convert in the red zone and settles for field goals or worse, goes for it and comes away empty-handed, the chances of beating the Buccaneers goes way down. And don't forget, the Buccaneers defense has been really poor in the red zone so far this season, allowing opponents to score about nearly 90% of their red zone trips. Now for Coach Nagy, he needs to get a little less cute down there. For Trubisky, he needs to be a little bit more cognizant, make some better decisions, and the offense as a whole should find a way to work the ground game more, as it really hasn't been a factor in the red zone yet. Find a way not to be as one-dimensional as they have been so far this year. So obviously, improvement. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. In the red zone efficiency, it's just going to be really crucial this week for the Bears. Now, before I go ahead and announce the third key, I just want to share that I really thought about making this key, establish a run, and to get Jordan Howard his touches and wear down this defense. Now, I do find that to be something that the Bears must do, but everybody knows that. So my third key this week is actually going to be a follow-up key to establishing a run. So this week's third key, more play action. I already ran through some of these stats in the game preview episode, but Trubisky, he has played better during play-action fakes than just the standard dropbacks this season. And here's a refresher, just in case you didn't catch that. The Bears are only running play-action on 17% of their throws, and that percentage is like near the bottom 25% of the league. Both of Trubisky's touchdowns this year have come off of play-fakes. He's completing nearly 80% of his passes off the play-action, compared to only a 68% completion percentage on standard dropbacks. That boost of uh, completion percentage off of play-action is the third best in the league. His pass rating on just standard dropbacks, 70.8. But on play action, that rises to 108.3. Guys like Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, and Jared Goff have run play action this season more than 28% of the time. Now, ideally, the Bears need to find a way to utilize it more and get Trubisky throwing off play action. I say a good mark is just to try to find him on one quarter of his throws, 25% of the time. And if that happens, he should become more effective. Throwing on a run, getting him into open space, out of the pocket, are areas in which he has excelled in his career, and I want to see him do it some more this week. Plus, that's going to get the defense fighting, right? Flowing in the wrong direction, even suck them up at times. And if you can make them pay uh, by doing something like that, especially over the top, uh, the Bears' offense can find a way to be you know, more effective than they have so far this season. And of course, Tampa Bay secondary, it's vulnerable, and Trubisky should find success. But if the Bears really want True to succeed, they're going to really need to utilize the play fake more. And of course, in order to make that truly effective, like I just mentioned about a minute ago, they really need to accomplish the obvious and establish a run and keep that Tampa Bay Buccaneer defense honest. Alrighty, well those are my three keys for week four. Now if the Bears can just limit Fitz magic, score touchdowns on at least 60% of their red zone trips, and help Trubisky out by establishing that a run and utilizing play action, they should find themselves 3-1 heading into the bye. Now, this is Will DeWitt, and I hope that you enjoy these three keys to the game. 
Now it's time for me to sign off and for Other Will to go over his five matchups of the week. Now I'm going to talk to you as soon as the final whistle blows on Sunday, but Will, over to you. I'm your host for today, William Ingalls, and it's that time of the week where we break down the five key matchups that will lead to a Chicago Bears victory. These matchups will be against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team that has been red hot on offense to start the year. How will the Bears slow down that offense led by Ryan Fitzpatrick? Well, some of those matchups will discuss just that. However, for the first matchup this week, we're going to be looking on Chicago's offensive side of the football with guard Kyle Long going against defensive tackle Gerald McCoy. Now, Gerald McCoy has been one of the premier defensive tackles in the NFL for his entire career. He's a six-time Pro Bowler and three-time first-team All-Pro. I mean, those accolades speak for themselves. He is someone who not only really disrupts the run game up front, but he also can get a solid pass rush, especially from the defensive tackle position. Already to this point in the year, he has a sack and a half and eight tackles, which for a defensive tackle is extremely productive. Now, the person who will be charged with stopping that defensive force will be Kyle Long. And Kyle Long's career speaks for itself as a Chicago Bear. You know, everyone thought that the Bears reached on him in the 2013 draft, and he's proven to be one of the more consistent linemen in the NFL. You know, injuries aside the last couple of years, Kyle Long appears to be back to his healthy self and productive self as well. He's one of the higher-rated players on the Chicago Bears offensive line and the offense in general, and he's going to need to bring that, especially against a force like Gerald McCoy. Looking at the pro football focus rankings, this is going to be a pretty even matchup. Kyle Long rated in the low 70s with Gerald McCoy at a 73. So a slight edge to Gerald McCoy on the grades, but this is going to be a very fun matchup between two premier guys at their positions in the NFL. Our second matchup is going to be one of the most important ones if the Chicago Bears want to slow down the Buccaneers on offense, and that is going to be Kevin Tolliver II versus Deshaun Jackson, a receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, Prince of Mukamara will is almost guaranteed to be out for this game, which means that Kevin Tolliver II is the likely candidate to take the reps over that Prince of Mukamara would have in this game. And he has not drawn an easy matchup for his first career start in the NFL. Deshaun Jackson is known as one of the fastest wide receivers in the game, and he has shown that to this point in the year. When Ryan Fitzpatrick has gotten protection, he has been able to hit Deshaun Jackson deep. He averages 26 yards per reception, which is absolutely insane. Uh, his stats for the year are 12 catches for 312 yards and three touchdowns. That that production is is absolutely unbelievable. It's hard to quantify exactly how insane that is. If there is one way to do it, in 14 games last season, Deshaun Jackson had a little over 600 yards. So in just three games this season, he's gotten half the production he got all of last year. If that doesn't tell you exactly what kind of a task uh, Kevin Tolliver is in for this week, I don't know what does. In the brief time we saw him against the Arizona Cardinals, Kevin Tolliver definitely struggled. Uh, He got burned on a double move by Christian Kirk right off the bat. And he seemed, after that, he seemed relatively timid in coverage. He just didn't want to give it the big play, which at that point and in in the game with it being 16 to 14 and with the Chicago Bears defense playing as well as it had, I understand his approach there, but that's not a luxury he's going to have against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Kevin Tolliver is going to have to step up big time in this matchup because, like I mentioned earlier, Ryan Fitzpatrick knows that he's out there. You know, I've mentioned say what you will about him being turnover prone at times, but Ryan Fitzpatrick's a veteran in the league, and he's going to know that there's a rookie cornerback starting against one of the premier deep threats in the NFL. Uh, definitely expect that to be a featured matchup in Sunday's game. For our third matchup of the week, we're going to head back to the offensive side of the football with quarterback Mitch Trubisky going against cornerback Brent Grimes for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
Now, Grimes is the Bucks' number one corner, and he has missed the first two weeks of the season before coming back on Monday night to go against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He did a relatively good job covering Antonio Brown in the second half, but the problem is in the first half, he allowed six catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. When you think about it, the Pittsburgh Steelers largely abandoned the pass in the second half because they built up a very strong lead throughout that first half. So when you think about it, Brent Grimes actually probably had a performance to forget when you think about how the game plan worked out for the Pittsburgh Steelers on offense. Now, Allen Robinson is the Bears' number one receiver, and he's going to be relied on even more heavily with the injury to Anthony Miller that happened against the Arizona Cardinals. Now, Mitchell Trubisky, I think, will be targeting uh, Allen Robinson a lot more this week. He's built a rapport with him, uh, at least statistically, that the other receivers and even Trey Burton has yet to accomplish yet. So I imagine Mitchell Trubisky to lean on Allen Robinson and go after Brent Grimes a lot more in this game than perhaps we would have expected earlier on in the season. Now, with only one full game under Grimes' belt, uh, especially coming uh, after injury, you're going to have a guy who is on a short week coming off of his first game from an injury. I imagine there's going to be some soreness. There's going to be some adjustment coming back into the NFL speed of the game. This will be a matchup that I'm very interested to watch because Trubisky definitely has had a rough start to the year, but this is a matchup I think he can thrive in, and I think Allen Robinson is a very quarterback-friendly receiver. Even when Mitch has had some bad passes, I think specifically of the long ball to Robinson in the Arizona game, that should have been intercepted, but Allen Robinson went up and broke up that uh, broke up the ball from the cornerback, making the interception. With how with how quarterback friendly he is, I think it'll be very important for Mitchell Trubisky to target Robinson early and often, and I think it's a matchup that he can succeed in throughout the entire game. We're going to stay on the offensive side of the football for our fourth matchup of the week, which will be Charles Leno Jr. versus Jason Pierre-Paul. Now, Pierre Paul's probably past his prime physically when you look at it. He had the accident with his hand a few years back, and he's getting up there as far as years are concerned. However, that has not stopped him from getting off to a fast start in 2018. In just three games, he has three sacks and a forced fumble. So there's no question that he is still a dangerous person on this defense, and Charles Leonard Jr. is going to have to be ready for yet another talented pass rusher going against him at the left tackle position. Now, if there's anyone who's going to be able to slow down a pass rush uh, this year, it has definitely been Leno Jr. He's had a phenomenal start to the year. He's one of the top-rated tackles according to Pro Football Focus, and I absolutely agree with them on their rating in this occasion. He has been stout, he has been consistent, and he has given Mitch Trubisky a lot of security to the blind side for, throughout this year. There have only been, maybe you can count them on one hand the amount of times that he has allowed Trubisky to get hurried and or sack this year, which is a real testament to the consistency that Leno Jr. brings to this offense. And it's going to be up to him again to stand tall against another fierce pass rusher in the NFL. Now that we've gone through our first four matchups, it's time to get to the game breaker of the week, the matchup that I think will have the most importance in determining an outcome, whether it be for the Bears or Buccaneers, and that is going to be Khalil Mack versus DeMar Dotson. Now, Khalil Mack versus just about anyone in the NFL is going to be a mismatch, let alone when you're going against a backup tackle like DeMar Dotson. That's not to say Dotson is not a solid NFL player, but Khalil Mack just happens to be one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets 
and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. And I know that Dotson is going to get help. The Buccaneers are going to be doing everything they can to try to get chips on with O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait from the tight end position. They're probably going to be having their running backs chip and assist as well because the running game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers has been a little dead on arrival to start the season. However, Khalil Mack, he has done it so far this year, and it's been really incredible to watch that no matter what offenses do to try to... uh, hamper what he does to an offense from both just setting an edge, a run-stopping situation, but also as a pass rusher. It's been incredible to watch him go so far, and it's really going to be up to him to continue to lead this charge for the Bears. I know last week I said that Leonard Floyd really needs to step up, and whether or not he does this week, this team lives and breathes through what Khalil Mack has done to this point in the year. I want Mitchell Trubisky to develop more as an offensive player. I want the offense to start scoring points. I don't want the defense to have to win games. But when you have a player like Mack, it seems a little almost uh, unjust at times. But I have him as the game breaker this week because this team still lives and breathes off the turnovers and pressure that he creates. And matched up against a backup right tackle. And like I mentioned, they're going to give Dotson help throughout this game. Regardless, I still have Khalil Mack as someone who needs to be able to make big splash plays in this game. And that's a lot to ask from a defender. That's not something you normally get. Khalil Mack's start to 2018 is absolutely historic. It is a tear that Bears fans will remember for a very long time. Uh, and I think if he even continues at half this pace, he's going to have a very solid place in Chicago's history of great defenders. But if for the Bears to win this week, I have it that Khalil Mack has to create those big splash plays. Not just win the matchup, but dominate it. The way that he has to this point in the year, I expect another performance like this to cap off week four for the Chicago Bears. Now that we've gone through our five key matchups, it's time to bring it all down with the weekly winning edge, where I say which team I think will be favored in each matchup going throughout the entirety of the game. Now, going back to our first matchup, Kyle Long versus Gerald McCoy. This is what I'm going to give to Kyle Long. He's familiar with Gerald McCoy. He's seen him on multiple occasions throughout his time in the NFL. And I really think that Long has been leading the charge, at least emotionally for the Chicago Bears at this point. Between him and Khalil Mack, I think they're the emotional heartbeat of this team. And I think Kyle Long is going to come out inspired and have a very good game against one of the premier defensive tackles in the NFL. I'm going to give this edge to the Chicago Bears. Unfortunately, I think it's a little bit of a different story when we look at matchup number two when it comes to the winning edge. Uh, Kevin Tolliver versus Deshaun Jackson. Uh, I think Kevin Tolliver has some good aspects to his game. I think there there is this ball hawk in him that is rare to find, but it's going to take a little bit developing the rest of his coverage skills to meet up with uh, his willingness to gamble on plays. I think he might make a couple splash plays in this game, but he also could make some gambles that allow a player like Deshaun Jackson to go the distance on a particular play. I, I think that there are a lot of good things in Tolliver. I didn't think they'd be put to test four weeks into his NFL career. This matchup, uh, the winning edge goes to Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Deshaun Jackson. Now on to matchup number three, we have Mitchell Trubisky versus Brent Grimes. Now, it's going to sound crazy after three weeks of relatively mediocre performances, if not bad performances, out of Mitchell Trubisky. I think Allen Robinson is going to show up for his quarterback. I think he's going to get open. I think the game plan with Matt Nagy is definitely going to be targeting Allen Robinson more. 
Also, I, I just have this feeling that Trubisky will take everything that has happened to him to this point in the year in stride. I see him coming out with a very solid performance. That combined with uh, Allen Robinson being put on Brent Grimes, I, I view this matchup as a win for the Chicago Bears. I think Trubisky comes out and plays. I'm going to give this one to the Chicago Bears. Now back to our fourth matchup, Charles Leno Jr. versus Jason Pierre-Paul. I think Charles Leno Jr. will continue his very strong start to the season. I think he will shut down Jason Pierre-Paul. I don't view him as having any big plays in this game. He definitely has the potential for it, but I still think that Charles Leno Jr. will continue his phenomenal play to this point. Edge, Chicago Bears. And that brings us back to our game breaker, which is Khalil Mack versus DeMar Dotson. And if, as you remember me talking about this matchup, this isn't just winning in quotes the matchup. This isn't just being the better player. This is Khalil Mack not only winning, but having those big splash plays he has to this point, creating turnovers, uh, creating an avenue, taking on a triple team and allowing his other teammates to create plays. You know, this is this is not just winning. This is This is dominating, as I mentioned earlier. And to this point, there's no reason for me to doubt that Khalil Mack will continue to do that. I think he creates multiple takeaways in this game. And I think he once again leads the charge both on the stat sheet and emotionally for the Bears uh, when you're referring to sudden change. And when I'm talking about sudden change, it's when a defense and or offense is called out onto the field uh, because of a takeaway. And as a defender uh, who still plays college football, I can tell you that sudden change uh, has a lot more uh, value to it than just a, a phrase that uh, an announcer will throw out. You get this normal cadence as you go throughout a game where you go to the bench, you're talking with your coaches about what happened on the drive before, you know what you did well, what we can improve on, looks that we expect to see uh, when they come back out on the field. And when you're in the middle of that and all of a sudden you get called back out onto the field, you know, that, that's, that, that's sudden change. It's exactly what it sounds like. And it's tough to reacclimate to playing defense and, you know, making sure that the offense is shut down the way you had them the last time. And that was extremely true in, in the Arizona game. Of the four scoring drives that Chicago had in that game, three of them were on sudden change occasions right after takeaways. So I think Khalil Mack definitely continues that. Uh, all of that is to say I think that the Bears will continue to have this edge. Uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. So when you go back and tally everything up, we have four matchups in favor of the Chicago Bears to just one matchup in favor of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. However, I think we all know to an extent that this game will be decided by Mitchell Trubisky and that offense getting some more points on the board. That is why three matchups this week were dedicated to the offense and just two to the defense. Uh, the, the offense will have to put up more points this week. They're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be able to score at a faster rate than both the Seahawks and Arizona Cardinals. And if you want to go back to the Green Bay game, you know, only having Aaron Rodgers for essentially one half of that game, uh, there is going to be more of an emphasis on the offense needing to score to make sure that the defense isn't having to play from behind too much. Uh, you don't want to get too desperate in your blitz schemes and or your pass coverage. But overall, 4-1 to one in favor of the Chicago Bears. I hope you guys all enjoy the game, and I hope to be discussing uh, another Bears victory with you guys uh, following Sunday's game against the Buccaneers. But until then, bear down, Chicago. Bear down, Chicago Bears.